Welcome to The Untrue Show. I'm Dana, and thanks for listening. I'm glad to be back this week to talk about all of my favorite things from 2019. And trust me, I have a list that you don't want to miss. Yeah, so... I am actually recording in my normal time, in my normal place, uh, my living room in the morning. So I thank you for listening, whatever time you're tuning in. And today I want to talk about all of my favorite things from 2019. I have a whole list of stuff and I'm just going to go through everything. I'm going to start with my favorite books from the year. So just from being in school, I didn't read as many books as I'd like, but I did get in some good ones. Um, Two or three of my favorites would be In Pieces by Sally Field. So it's a memoir about her life. And Sally Field is, I want to say, in her 70s. So she's lived a lot of life and there was a lot of ground to cover. And it was just a really, really good book. Um, She touched on some childhood trauma that she experienced and how it kind of followed her throughout her whole life until her mother was dying and that's kind of when she was able to heal from it and kind of release it and let it go she's 73 so it she talks about her life at a time where you know way before we really can understand things or way back I wouldn't say way before we can really understand things but a time where things were so different from the way we're experiencing them now for instance she has three children so when she had her first child it talks about how um, it was so painful. She had such a negative experience. But when she had her second child, that was right around when like Lamaze was around and a lot of techniques to help you have better natural childbirth. And it was a lot less painful because she was prepared and she had gone through Lamaze classes and doctor, I want to say doctor, um, the doctor that delivered all the Kardashian babies delivered her, her, her baby. But at the time he was an intern. So yeah. That was interesting, an interesting tidbit. But um, she actually, I think she just kind of named him and kind of like kept going on with the rest of the story. But I was like, wait a minute, that's the OBGYN from the Kardashians that basically like delivered all their their kids. And yeah. So that was interesting um, that he was an intern at the hospital and she actually ended up having her baby I think at the same hospital that they did his name was Paul H. Crane so he delivered her um he delivered her second child and it was a much better experience than the first child just because of the breakthroughs and medical technology around birthing children which I thought was really interesting to 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 see the medical breakthroughs maybe it was like two years apart and how we moved forward a little bit and then also just her talking about how she just realized, like, I'm just supposed to be an actress. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the direction I'm supposed to go. I don't know how to make it happen, but I'm going to make it happen. And that's kind of a lot of the story of her career is just making things happen, going with the flow, and, you know, running across opportunity after opportunity as they came in her path. So I really enjoyed reading that book. It was it was a good read for me, and I'd highly recommend it if you're looking for a good memoir um, with her being 73 uh, talking about how she, um, you know, just like I said, it's a different time that we are in now. The second book that I read that was really good, I guess I'm on like a memoir kick, uh, was Ali Wong's book, Dear Girls. So I pre-ordered this book months ago and I figured it was going to be a memoir, but it was definitely a little bit different than what I expected. So it's like essays, kind of like essays, but not quite like essays. Cause I really don't like the books that are like, essays 
if that makes any sense. <laughs> so hers was more like storytelling through letters to her daughters. And I really appreciated it. It was just about lessons that she's learned along the way. And basically the first chapter drew me in because it's very humorous tales. And the first chapter is literally like how I trapped your dad, <laughs> which is a funny title, but she didn't necessarily trap their dad. It just talks about how she uh, was, you know, dating and casually sleeping around. And then she just decided like, hey, I really want to be committed. I really want to be in a relationship. I really want to be with someone who's also Asian, who can understand my culture. And she goes to this wedding and how she meets their dad. So it was really interesting to see, you know, how she just kind of laid out what she wanted and found what she wanted and they just worked together to make it happen how she decided to have her children I think that's a good thing to write down so your kids know like what you went through my favorite part was when she talked about studying abroad how she went to college and she's like this is the best part of my experience to go out of the country to try these different foods to meet these different people to see these different things and to just kind of understand the world a little bit better like her mom was uh from another country so she talks about her mom's style of raising her children I think she's the youngest of a, a couple a, a good amount of kids and they have a good amount of years between them so she was kind of the only kid in the household and just talking about how because her mom was from another country like they're her style of things was so different. Like for instance, we're used to kind of taking a bath every day, but her mom saw that as a luxury because she's an immigrant. So it did just had different ways of viewing how things go, how things work. She talks about her rebellious phase. And I really liked the style of the book just because like I said, it was more like, this is what I did. This is what I want you to follow my lead in. And then this is what I want you to do, like, the opposite of what I did. She talks about how hard it is to work as a female comedian, taking her daughters on the road with her. And then also she discusses just some of the things about, like, her money habits. She's really into saving and penny pinching. And she goes through this whole chapter of talking about how she does, goes to extremes to save money, like, takes sanitary products from bathrooms when they're giving them out for free um how her mom's always encouraging her to you know save and she talks about all the ways that she's really tight with money but then she ends the chapter by saying but our mortgage is paid off so I'm like wow that's that's a boss move um that I can appreciate and respect so I highly recommend it if you're looking for a good laugh a good a good experience based story that teaches people lessons because a lot of the book was all about teaching her daughters the lessons that she's learned as she's gone through life um, the lessons she's learned as she was looking for a partner her career stories and then her decision to become a mother and how she signed a prenup and had to go back to work after she had kids so uh, again it's just really interesting I love reading different experiences and I never read a novel written by someone who's Asian woman so I thought that was really cool to hear her personal stories and then also how the generations before her impacted the way that she lives her life because the way her mother lived their her life impacted her and even the way her mother had children I think her parents were a little bit older when they had her because they'd already had kids that were a lot older and so she talks about how I didn't want that to be me. Like she says, she didn't want that to be her. She wanted her kids to be kind of closer in age. She wanted to start a little younger. The experience of having a C-section, the aftermath of that, the impact on your body. So 
all of it's just very, very insightful and a lot like her comedy specials on Netflix. So I think it would be like a continuation of those things, a humorous continuation in a book. So I had a lot of laugh out loud moments. <laughs> um, so I'm going to move on to talk about my favorite movies of the year. And I'm going to start with one that I actually just watched on the plane on my way home from Utah from the conference I was at. And it is called Good Boys. And when I tell you it is laugh out loud funny, I cannot explain what prevented me from seeing this movie in theaters except maybe school because I really should have seen it in theaters. It's so hilarious. I was laughing out loud on the plane to the point where the guy next to me was like looking over to see what I was watching, which was kind of embarrassing because of the content of the show. But I would describe it as like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. But for boys and then also like the hangover, but for for boys who are like 13 and there's these three characters and so um yeah three characters one's named Thor one's named Lucas and I can't remember the main character's name but they're three friends and they're all going to a kissing party right and so the movie talks about how they have to figure out how to get to the party uh and most importantly how to kiss so um that is it leads to a lot of misadventures I'd say just because the boys are actually a bit naive um actually the, the other name character is Max so Max Lucas and Thor they're like best friends and they are trying to figure out how to get to this party but also how to kiss before they get to the party and so they can't figure it out and as they decide to figure it out, they experience all these things. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to say it. So what they do is they try to Google it. Um, that doesn't work out too well. I don't, you know, they're, they're three boys who are like 13. So they don't even Google the right stuff. So try to Google it. Then they try to watch the neighbor. And then that doesn't really work out well because they had to steal a drone to do it. But long story short, ultimately, they get to where they need to be with the party. But I think that their naivety is like naivete <laughs> or them being so naive is just the, the best part of the story. Just because they run into these little they run into these little issues and they're cute because they're so innocent and they're not spoiled by this world like even when they try to google and they're like oh you know that just wasn't what we thought it was going to be that didn't teach us how to kiss at all and the girls next door are like why don't you just google how to kiss and they're like oh like they didn't even think of that and one of the boys Thor he actually pulls out this stuff he's like I found all this stuff in my parents closet these weapons and they really weren't weapons and they also practice kissing on a CPR doll which is not a CPR doll so <laughs> those are the moments where I was laughing out loud funny uh and I think that all the actors were so cute and the innocence just is my favorite part it was just heartwarming to see like all little 13 year old boys aren't you know, I think pervy, <laughs> pervy might be the word or maybe the word is they're not so obsessed with sex, sex and obsessed with like kissing and obsessed with pornography. There's still this innocence about them, which is really sweet and really cute. And they need people in their lives to kind of guide them in the right direction. And I think these boys where they were naive about, you know, sexual maturity and those types of things, they were really mature in terms of navigating the relationships that they have with each other and being open and honest with each other to say, hey, 
you know, I, I'm your friend, but I also have different interests because that was a main plot of the story too, where the three friends have different challenges that they're dealing with. Like Lucas, his parents are getting divorced. Max has a crush on um, one of the girls in the class. Her name is Brixley. And Thor really wants to sing, but he also wants to be cool. And the cool kids don't think singing is cool. So it talks through like how the three of them explore these other interests that they have outside of each other and away from each other like they're still best friends or they're still good friends but they also have these other interests that puts them outside of that friendship so I'd say those one of definitely one of my top movies for this year I thought it was so cute and so sweet um the next one I want to say is Hustlers so I actually went to the theaters and saw this with a girlfriend and really liked how different the story was I liked that it was based a couple years back but it was still based far enough back to be a little bit nostalgic and have the soundtrack of about 2008 and bring back a lot of memories because that's right when I right around when I graduated college so I know about the economic downturn and how impactful it was on businesses and jobs it just wasn't that fun it kind of sucked so it took me back to that time took me back to the music of that time Um, remember when Usher came out with love in this club that was a big part of it and J-Lo's looked amazing and she was great and I love that Constance Wu was a main character so I really I would recommend that one I thought it was a great movie and the last one I'm gonna say was probably one of my top movies of this year am I missing two I might be missing one more but I'd say Shazam was excellent um I thought that it was endearing it was just a really sweet movie and I love the story and the premise of it. I thought it was just really well done. I think an honorable mention has to go to Captain Marvel because I like the 90s nostalgia of that one too. And I really enjoyed Brie Larson. I thought she did a good job playing the character. And, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, of course. I thought it was good. I thought it set the tone for, um, what is it? Set the tone for Avengers Endgame really well. And I'd give that one an honorable mention in terms of the best cinematic events of this year, I'd then talk about uh, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and Frozen 2. I think they did a good job of setting up the buzz for the movies. And of course, I mean, they're Disney movies. So like all the product tie-ins. I mean, my little cousin already has her Frozen 2 outfit that she got before Halloween or maybe after Halloween and she could probably wear it next year she wore it to the theaters for Frozen 2 so I think that you know there's just so many products to tie in another honorable mention would be Mandalorian because who imagined that that baby Yoda stuff would be so popular I mean that kind of leads me into the next topic I'm going to talk about which is the best memes of the year I mean I have seen so many cute and hilarious baby Yoda memes I mean it's like the thing right now (laughs) it's like Mandalorian came out and I okay so I've been watching Mandalorian but I really don't understand what's happening and they never take off the mask so it's kind of confusing so I was like maybe I gotta go back and really pay attention because a lot of times I'll play shows in the background and not pay as much attention to them as I should so I'm gonna go back and be like like where's all this coming from but I did see the part well no spoilers maybe I'll do a whole episode on Mandalorian when I understand a little bit better but 
anyway, Baby Yoda is one of the best memes of the year. The other one will be the DMX challenge where they play the DMX song and the hairstyles change. So if anything, that challenge prompted me to make sure that I have enough hairstyle changes within the year. I even set the tone for next year I was like I want to change my hair like five times so making sure that when I change it I get pictures and I have the you know selfies to document those hairstyle changes but it's a challenge that is set to the DMX song what these bitches want and he basically names off all these women like Cookie, Tanya, Michelle and every time the name changes the hair changes so it's like hair here, hair here, hair here and it's just proof that women of color are masters at switching hair pulling it off at every length color texture style you know black girl magic so love the dmx challenge another one that i really liked was sorry to this man with kiki palmer <laughs> i actually just watched a clip of strahan sarah and kiki i think that's the order they go in strahan sarah and kiki the third hour of good morning america is it um, but anyway, their show that they do together where they're talking about, you know, all things and it, Kiki just makes the show even better. So they're all talking about how Beyonce actually referenced the sorry to this man meme where they asked her in her Elle magazine cover story interview for I think it's for January. They asked her what was her Snapchat? And she was like, sorry to the Snapchat. I don't know. I don't know if that was her way of saying she has a Snapchat, but she's not given the name or she doesn't remember her Snapchat name, but she does have one. Maybe that was her way of just denying anything about it. But she said, sorry to that Snapchat. I don't know what you're talking about, essentially. So <laughs> this is pretty funny. The last meme that I'm going to talk about is the Chris Evans nail meme. It's the memes where they're taking like photos of Chris Evans in real life and as Captain America and they put nails and like a head wrap on him and it's hilarious. They even went to I want to say one of the cons where he was he was attending and took pictures of him with with the styling on I think I remember. Yeah. That was pretty funny. And yeah, I had a lot of good laughs off of that. So in terms of TV episodes, that's what I'm going to talk about next. Most memorable TV episodes for me, I'm going to say I was recently watching an episode of The Simpsons. They're in season 31, episode seven. It's called Living La Pura Vida. And it's where the Simpsons all go on this trip. They get invited for the first time to Pura Vida, Mexico, I want to say, Um I might be totally wrong on that, but they get invited on this vacation by Milhouse's family and they can't afford the vacation at all. And it just talks about how like basically they're flexing for the gram and yeah. So I thought it was pretty funny because I was like, this is so like real life and something that would happen in, you know, the real world, how we try to flex for the gram, how we try to get everything so perfect looking that we just fake it before we make it. So it's Costa Rica. I'm sorry, not Mexico. So they're going to Costa Rica with the Van Houten family, which is Milhouse's family. And the Simpsons, like, they just can't afford it. So Lisa's, like, stressed because she's like, we can't afford this trip. And it's just not working out right. And they just, yeah. So interesting, fun episode. Next one is This Is Us Season 4 Episode 5, which is Deja and Malik's first date where they skip school and it just kind of goes through the story where he's taking her to get her first cheesesteak. It's just a really beautifully shot episode. I think This Is Us is really killing it this year with 
the storylines for um, the Pearson families all together, but collectively for Deja and Malik, I think they have a really great story. I like that Omar Epps is on the show, and I've been really excited to watch what happens every week since he is guest starring. And then the last TV episode I say is the Black Mirror episode, Striking Vipers, one with Anthony Mackie, where they're like really into the video game. Yeah, that was kind of freaky, but it was different in a good way. So I enjoyed that episode. All right, so we're going to talk music because I feel like I have the most favorites of music this year. I think this was a really good year for music. So I'm going to start with albums. Albums that I listen to start to finish. I'd say Summer Walker Over It is definitely like my cuffing season jam album, like chill. It it really can go through so much with you. Like I can stretch to it. I can listen to it and just relax and close my eyes. I can clean up and listen to it. So it's just laid back, like a really cool, chill vibe. And I really like it. Uh, then I'm going to say Jaquise, the king of R&B. So I haven't listened to that start to finish and really been into it. It's just a really laid back another cuffing season album maybe (laughs) um the next one I'm going to talk about is Solange when I get home it definitely wasn't the same experience as a seat at the table but I really like how it's just kind of like a ride in music kind of has a groove to it a little bit more bass uh you know so I'm just feeling it I've been feeling it um since it came out and I listened to it you know pretty regularly another one or the last one on my list would be Taylor Swift Lover I think that it's probably, I don't know if I'd say it's one of my favorite Taylor Swift albums. I don't think it beats reputation, but I have liked it. I like the tone of it, how she's a little bit more happy. She's in love. The saxophone on, um, one of the songs on there, what's the name of it? The saxophone on False God. I really like that one. And that kind of leads me into top songs of the year that I've really liked. I'd say the Billie Eilish song, Everything I Wanted. I don't know if you guys have heard that. I've really been feeling it. Um, it's it's just a really nice texture to her voice. And it just talks about how, you know, I had a dream. I got everything I wanted. And it really turned out to be a nightmare. So maybe everything you want isn't everything you need or really everything you should have. So it just makes you think a little bit. Uh, like I said, False God was one of my favorite songs with this past year. I really liked On Chill by Wale. I thought that was cool. Um, you know, I think a song that had a moment was definitely Brown Skin Girl by Beyonce. I mean, the new Miss Universe totally mentioned that as one of her jam songs as she starts the day. And it just really is a really great song for black girls. I mean, I love singing it. I, it just makes me feel good. It's like a feel good song. Um Next one I'm going to talk about is Something Keeps Pulling Me Back by Her. I really like that song. It made me think about the Chingy song. Uh, I think he has a song called Something Pulling Me Back, and it kind of interpolates some of the same lyrics, or it's kind of similar, but her voice is awesome, and the, you know, the production of it is really great. Another one that I really like is, it's a very short song, but it's on Fantasia's album. And this was her first album doing, what was it, self-publishing or self 
self-release or having her own imprint, which I think there's pros and cons to that because you don't get as much exposure when you release your album and you do it yourself. But you have a lot more freedom in what you create. And this song on there, maybe I'm just really feeling saxophones lately because it has like a saxophone intro and it's just talking about the way you love me. And I was listening to, I think, Fantasia Essentials on Apple Music. So that's how I heard this. And I was like, oh, something about that song is a little... It just makes me blush a little bit, but also feel really good. I'd say it's a good cuffing season song too. Um, and it's really short. It's like two minutes and the saxophone plays a major role and just the sax with her voice. It's just so good. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is Show Me Love by Alicia Keys and Miguel. I think it's just very, very stripped down song with really nice lyrics and Miguel on anything to me sounds great so I'm excited that he's making new music even if he makes it with other people I usually am a fan of whatever he does I'm staying a, a little bit but <laughs> um and I really like the song Imperfections by Celine Dion because it just talks about not being the most perfect person ever and I like the lyrics I'm glad that she's back making music so I, I'm into it um, as far as songs from When I Get Home, the Solange album, I really like Stay Flow. It's just kind of like a groovy, like I'm from the South, I'm a girl, I'm chilling vibe. So I like that one. Another one would have to be Juice by Lizzo. I'm not sure if that came out in 2019, but I think it did. And if it didn't, I still like it. <laughs> I still really like it. I, I want to say it came out in 2018, but yeah I think I might have might have added that one by mistake but I still really like it actually it did come out 2019 it came out in January so I'm right best of 2019 <laughs> uh as far as other songs I like I really liked Water from the Kanye album um yeah Jesus is King that was probably my favorite song on there of course I had to have Lil Nas X on my list but it's not Old Town Road it is Panini I really like Panini and I really think the short songs are a new trend in music creation because I swear it's only like two minutes or so but it is a great song and I just like it whenever it comes on and then there's Roxanne by uh, Arizona Zervis I really like that song it's just really chill kind of fun um Rules by Doja Cat I don't know if you guys have heard that one but I really like yeah it's my jam it is my jam. I'd recommend you listen to it if you haven't heard it. <laughs> All right. Last song I'm going to talk about is Lil Uzi Vert. It is Futsal Shuffle 2020. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Futsal Shuffle. Anyway, I like the song. I love the dance. I've been following a lot of TikTokers who have been doing it. I feel like I want to make my own little TikTok doing the dance. But it looks like a futuristic run, slide, shuffle. Yeah. Futsal Shuffle. <laughs> I apologize if I'm butchered the name of that but it is really fun and I think it's going to take on a whole new life in the next couple of weeks especially since he titled the song with 2020 at the end the song just came out December 13th and I've been seeing the dance a lot of places but I think it'll slowly get bigger and bigger and bigger and I thought it was kind of interesting that he put 2020 in the title of the song maybe that's his way of saying it's going to be the dance of 2020 which I think is a bold move and I'm all for bold moves and bold declarations <laughs> so here's to seeing more of that dance in the new year 
And wow, I feel like I covered a lot, but I had a, a good amount of favorites this year. What were your favorites? Did you see any of the things that I mentioned? You have other things on your list. I'd love to learn more about what, what you like for this year. Don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at The Great Dana J and also like my Facebook page, The Great Dana J as well. And my blog is back up and running, thegreatdanaj.com. So you can find posts there. I have a lot planned for 2020, so I can't wait to share more about that stuff with you guys. And thank you so much for listening. I've been having the greatest, best time podcasting. I almost feel like I need to have a show about all the the, the things, all the things <laughs> that have improved since I started back podcasting, the motivation I felt, the the good release that I've had the good outlet that I've had for some of the frustrations or some of the professional things that I've wanted to do I've been able to do them here I've been able to do them in my space and you guys have listened and I really am so thankful and excited about what's next and just optimistic it this this gives me a lot a big sense of hope and yeah all the things (laughs) I hate to get bushy but thank you thank you thank you for listening 2019 and I cannot wait for what's ahead hoping to do more and talk to you even more than I have this year. So that's it for now and talk to you guys soon. Bye.